Welcome back, guys. Another episode of the AltMed podcast. It's um, it's really starting to gather a bit of steam. Um, I was told the other day that um, that several of my family members have have watched my videos now more than five times. So really getting the view count up, um, and know that we're going to get quite a few views on today's episode. We have Matt Shales in the house, and I don't actually know. There's so many different ways I could introduce Matt, but I'm going to let him do the talking. Um, before I do, it'd be remiss of me to skip over mentioning that I've got my my tried and true co-host, Mitch Kurtz, <laughs> with me in the house, as always. And if you like what we're doing and you think it's good value, um, or you just like to sit around and listen to us chat informally like we do, please hit subscribe wherever you get your podcast feed. Um, we really do appreciate all the views. Thank you, mum and dad. All right, over to Matt for a bit of an introduction. Matt, welcome. And do you want to tell us how you got into this space? Yeah, sure thing. Thanks for having me, fellas. Great to be here. A long time listener, first time caller. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so I'm... How did I get involved? Um, well, I guess to put it simply, well, I'm passionate about cannabis and, and what it can do for people and pets. Um, so I flipped back a few years when it was all legalized. I guess I started as an investor in other companies. Um, got a little bit uh, disappointed and upset with the progress there, the quality, um, the price of products that was coming out of there. So I thought I'll try do this myself, whether that was insanity or not, we'll find out. But um, Gave it a crack, uh, skipped for another few years. We actually yeah, got some product to market, which was great. Then I noticed the next hurdle was finding doctors to prescribe the products. Um, I get a lot of patients talk to me and then I try and link them up with the doctor. And again, it was just a bit of a gap in the market there. So I thought, all right, let's make a clinic. So we started Medicaid clinics. Uh, again, is that insanity? We'll find out. Um, <laughs> And then, um, so we've got your Medican Health, that's your, your importing your medicinal cannabis, the clinic to help supply. Um, a big area I'm focused on is clinical trials. So the science side of it all, let's try and actually figure out what these medicines are doing and how they're doing it and um, fine tune it as best we can for specific conditions. So then started some clinical trials over here in WA uh, through Curtin Uni over here. Um, that's been exciting. Um, and then... We've got the pet side of things, so the animals can't be left out. So we've got Hemp Brothers, which takes care of all your, your hemp seed and uh, hemp products for, for their four-legged friends. Nice. Um, and, then, yeah. and then you've got a hemp farm as well, because why not? <laughs> and, and I think uh, a patient advocacy group as well. Yeah, so um, and so I didn't actually start that one myself. Sarah um, started that, and then I joined on, oh, call it a year ago, um, about a year ago now and the reason I actually joined that one I wanted to really make sure it could be kept as a medicinal uh, legal group so there's a lot of cannabis groups out there where people can just share the website they bought the cannabis from but I really wanted one to be just about the legal access legal products and get education about that going so jumped on board there to help them out and um, yeah just thought I'd try and offer my assistance where I can which has been good um, yeah good oh, it's got, everything's got its challenges but we um, we just keep on going it's really yeah, fantastic. Great. And I think maybe starting with the medical cannabis support group, which uh, I think, you know, in the community, you're pretty well known for, especially on the East Coast, where people don't know all the amazing hats you wear on the West Coast all the time. Um, I, I see a lot of, uh, of questions, like you're, you've really got your ear to the ground in that group. And uh, I, I see you helping a lot of people 
understand the legal framework, um, the difference between products in, in terms of types of products, say broad and full spectrum, that kind of thing. And um, yeah, just really curious on the, on the main kind of questions that, that people are coming to you with. Where are we at in the current climate with people's knowledge and understanding of the medicinal cannabis market? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because when we're in our cannabis bubble, we feel like, all right, everyone's onto it now. Everyone knows everything all good. And then you step back yeah. for a moment and you realise, no, people still don't even realise it's legal to begin with. So um, a bit of a mixed bag there. But no, the main questions or queries, well, the first one, the most obvious is just where can I access it? That's the, the, the question I see every day asked on there, what doctor is willing to prescribe? Um, and then it gets, that's when the other questions, well, they're not necessarily questions, but I see people getting prescribed a certain product and feel that, maybe it's not the right one for that um, element or something like that. Um, and then so I try and give a bit of input about, yeah, the difference from isolates to a full spectrum to a broad spectrum. And, and then even what does a full spectrum mean? It's they're not all the same. So the different profiles, but so the more couple of questions, where to access it. Um, well, yeah, the different kinds of, I guess, delivery mechanisms. So should I be having flour or oil? And it's hard to, because this is for the doctor to, to really be telling them. So I, really be careful about giving medical advice and really staying clear about it's not not about my brand it's not a medican group it's um it's a group about what what the patient needs so um yeah i try and stay nice and impartial for it but yeah where to access seems to be the main one and then really just actually accessibility it's no longer available or, or, or when's it going to be back in stock those kind of questions seem to come out a lot lately but one thing that's it's we've got to try and make sure we keep control on there is a lot of a little bit of misinformation so a patient gets taught, told something by the pharmacist um but and they'll maybe say it to the group as if it's a, a, a whole australia-wide scenario when it was maybe just that pharmacy didn't have product at the time things like that so it's really about my role is more kind of just seeing where it's getting off track a bit and trying to uh help with the correct information um yeah i'll, I'll try and let everyone else answer first if i see something going a bit wrong i just have an input but because um, i don't want to be it's not really about me, that group. It's not about what I think of everything. So I just try and let the group do itself. And if it needs a bit of steering, I'll jump in. But um, yeah, really about where can I access is the biggest picture, the biggest question at the moment. Well, yeah, it, amazing. Um, I was just going to say that just a thought that occurred to me is just how the product itself is is so highly regulated, but it's also the information as well. So I just tending to find that, you know, if you restrict access to information, it obviously forces people to exchange ideas in the, um, you know, the underground and Reddit threads and, and Facebook groups and that sort of thing. And um, yeah, just your thoughts on that. Cause I agree with you. There is a bit of misinformation out there, but I also think it's, it makes it very difficult when um, there's all of these restrictions about, you know, what you can say about cannabis, whether you can show a picture of the plant um, and yeah, how, how do you find working within those parameters? Yeah, it's difficult. That's actually probably the most stressful part of that group is what, yeah, what can and can I say? I'm, all I want to do, everything I do is to help people. It's the only reason I do any of these um, jobs, I guess, is to help the patient. And then so early on, I'd, I'd go and say things about, um, yeah, I'd just say, go to this place or come here or whatever. And then all of a sudden we find another um, company's dobbed on me to the TGA for marketing and things like that. So it got a bit scary then. And um, so I really got to take a step back and go, okay, how do I do this properly? But it's hard, yeah. I'd love to be able to actually talk about specific product details and prices and things like that. But we, we can't, well, I can't as someone in the industry. Uh, it is good that the patients themselves can discuss it, but um it is hard. It's challenging. 
Um, yeah, especially when the information that. itself is so neutral in the sense that there's no, you know, it's, it's not advertising in the sense that you're not promoting the use of cannabis. You, you might just say to someone, did you know that medicinal cannabis comes in, a, you could get a flower product or you could get an oil product and this would be the method of administration and, and blah, 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 or method of treatment. It's, um, it does strike me as odd that everyone seems to be in this kind of environment in which there's tripwires everywhere where the, you know, you say one wrong thing and, you know, you could be on the receiving end of a complaint to the TGA. I, th I think it is getting better, but, um, but I certainly would like to see those barriers around information start to come down because I think that there is a genuine appetite amongst people in the marketplace of ideas in this space that they just want access to information. And as long as it's not being pushed by someone who has their own sort of financial incentive to, to give a recommendation of a, a certain product or clinic, I think, I think we should be allowed to dabble in that space. But uh, anyway, I'm just ranting a bit here, but it's, it's a passion of mine to, to see that uh, come to fruition. Or to rant. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. And I think it's going to get easier over time. And um, if I ever get a legal team behind me that can advise me on what, what we can and can't do a bit better. But at the moment, I'm, um, yeah, I just play it very safe. And um, where, where do I sign up? Uh, anyway, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think. Um, I think it's yeah. That that dialogue, opening it up, is really important. It, it allows us to lead to kind of to get away from just, you know, dilly-dallying around the, the basics and get into the more interesting questions. And one that I'd love to explore with you, Matt, because I don't hear many people talking about it to the extent that you do, which is the difference between, um, we hear full spectrum, broad spectrum all the time, but the difference between full and broad spectrum. Now, talking about terpenes, talking about minor cannabinoids, and we're not even at this point yet, but flavonoids, that type of thing. I'd love to hear your perspective on that before I get off onto a rant on that because I could talk about that for hours. <laughs> yeah, no, this is um, an area that, yeah, I'm really, really interested in is the minor cannabinoids and the terpenes, all the other great ingredients that are actually doing something, but we're all focused on THC and CBD, it seems. But, um, well, I think I get onto a bit of a pattern and I'm starting to figure out something and then another case comes up and it flips it on, on its head. But um, no, yeah, so with that, yeah, definitely. It's, uh, and again, you see it through the group where someone just says, um, you want a full spectrum and that's the end of it. It's like, well, yes, that's a good starting <laughs> point, but what full spectrum, you know, you could have, I could get a full spectrum uh, hemp variety that's just got a bit of CBD and nothing else in it really. And, or another hemp variety that's got an amazing terpene profile. So they're completely different, but um. But yeah, a big area of, of, of interest in mind. So the clinical trial we're just doing now is actually hopefully exploring this where we've got a CBD isolate then we've got a CBD broad spectrum product with no um, terpenes. Then we've got that broad spectrum, which so broad spectrum is a, a full spectrum product with just the THC component removed. So you still got all your minor cannabinoids and terpenes. Uh, a full spectrum product is when you've literally obviously got your, your hemp or cannabis plant material. You've put it in the solvent, whether it's ethanol, CO2, hydrocarbon, and you're extracting uh, the oil from the plant, and then we're using that full extract to make the medicine. So you just dilute that down in your carrier oil, such as coconut or whatever it is. Um, so you're keeping that full plant extract, or you've got an isolate, which is just one ingredient on its own, more commonly, obviously, CBD isolate. Um, now, obviously, everything I say here is all very anecdotal. We've got to, we don't know for a fact yet what's going on, but we're seeing patterns where the introduction of these other ingredients really do help when it comes to the efficacy of the product. So not needing such a high dose to get that same medical benefit or even mitigating a side effect. So uh, let's say you don't want that short-term memory loss with THC, 
So we get a bit of a terpene profile, high pinene, things like that can try and mitigate that memory loss um, or enhance medical benefits. So make it more sedating by having a, a more sedating terpene profile in there. Um, it's a bit of a challenge because a few years ago, no one believed, they all just thought I was dreaming and, and talking rubbish because they say, how could it matter if it's only at 0.2%, you know, when you've got THC and CBD that are at 30%, 20%, they must be the real magic. But yeah, obviously it doesn't have to be um, such high amounts to be as potent. So we are learning, no, they do matter. Um, so we've actually got an Israeli partner for our terpenes. They purely do the terpenes and they're pretty elite, I'd like to think at it. But the studies that they're finding is everything I thought, such as myrcene being the couch lock terpene, well, it's the flipped it on its head and it's they think that actually might be a bit more uplifting. So I'm like, oh, bloody hell. Just when you think you're figuring it out. But um, yeah, no, we've got a long, long way to go, but that's my interest is there about, okay, this one THC product, uh, let's say it's 20% THC, another product's 20% THC, one can put you to sleep, one can give you energy. Why is that? What's going on there? So it's about breaking it up and figuring out what's happening. But the hard bit is we can only test for your 12-ish cannabinoids at the moment out of potentially 130. So we're still only getting a snapshot of what's really going on. So it's, it's hard at the moment to really know what's happening, but the best bit is most of these products are helping in one way or another anyway. So we can only get better from here. But, um, but yeah, it's about trying to find that. So if someone's trying to treat sleep, well, the last thing we're going to give them is something that's uh, an uplifting terpene profile. Or if I've got Parkinson's, we don't want to excite that tremor. We want to try and slow that down. So that's, that's my area of knowledge or interest, I guess, is trying to really look further into the plant. And as you said, flavonoids, everything else come into it too. So long way to go. Yeah. I'm just thinking um, it's, it's a really interesting point you raise because you're now sort of dealing with the different therapeutic scope of other compounds within the plant, right? And I think we're um, by now after all of the clinical research that has been done into CBD and THC that's ongoing, we've got a, a pretty good idea of those major cannabinoids. But yeah, certainly, um, you know, the conversation about terpenoids and, and, and minors and, and how they interplay um, and the separate therapeutic effects that you get from them um, collectively um, in the entourage effect. Uh, if anyone's interested um, in looking that up, Ethan Rosso is one of the world's most respected cannabis researchers. Um, he's a, I think a neuroscientist, but um, yeah, very much uh, encourage anyone who's, who's interested in that research to, to have a look at it. Um, but I can see Mitch champing at the bit as he often does. Yeah, this they were, I loved everything. We have, we've said. got a lot to get through. I know we've got heaps. Let me champ. Let me champ. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, I love, especially when he was talking about um, when Matt, you were saying about the twelve testing for twelve kind of uh, terpenes at the moment. That's true, and especially in a lot of the um, GMP testing facilities, especially overseas. But you do find that if you go to some of the bigger, more experimental machines that you can find in some of the universities, you'll you'll find machines that can or chromatography uh, machines that can actually get up to 40 and maybe some flavonoids in there. And it's starting to get, you know, a bit more of a spectrum of those terpenes and, and what's actually contained in there. So it's, it's getting very exciting. Um, the other thing I've been using this analogy and I want to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, when we um, to kind of put it in terms of what people might understand a bit better to me, it feels like alcohol in that if you're drinking Bundaberg rum or you're drinking, you know, Grange, it's, uh, it's still the ethanol that's really getting you drunk in those things. We're going to have a very different time on red wine versus tequila. or And I think it comes down to the other compounds that are in those 
drinks that it's not you're getting drunk either way but you're getting a very different effect and i think that might have a therapeutic and i'm going to stress the might because uh, we've got to make as many disclaimers as we can here have other implications for in, in the case of cannabis um so you know i think as we move forward and we start to understand what these terpenes do and start testing more we might find that that contributes as andrew said to the entourage effect which is not an unfamiliar concept to the to the healthcare world like there is a clinical research that supports synergistic uh, interaction of compounds way before cannabis so oh it's just lagging it's, um, it's just the new tier sorry just got a little bit of a lag on that did i lag did lag but i was gonna say oh. um, are you making the case that tequila is an unapproved therapeutic good i just need to be clear about this <laughs> uh, it's, it, i think it's actually a th- uh, <laughs> it's, it should be approved well, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think the advertising rules would then apply. Um, but uh, anyway, sorry, just a side tangent there. But I think over to you, Matt, while uh, Mitch fixes up his lag, just to, yeah, what, what are your and, thoughts on that? And on that point also, yeah, like, I actually like to, um, well, definitely, and it's also what makes it a little hard with um, with some of the doctors because they are used to just one ingredient, or one API, and this, I mean, the way we consider an API at the moment, an active pharmaceutical ingredient with cannabis in Australia is THC over 1%, other cannabinoids over 2%, and they don't even consider terpenes uh, API at all, but I consider them all APIs. And But normally, obviously, doctor just has to do with one, and they're not looking at potentially hundreds and how they're working together. So it is a little little tricky, but same with that alcohol comparison. It's I always say that as well to some people where they go, no, cannabis isn't for me. And I said, when did you try it? And I said, oh, 18 after a big night. I say, okay, just, it's kind of like me saying, I scaled a bottle of Bacardi 151. Alcohol is not for me. So, no, I could actually get a light beer, a wine. Bundy is actually my favorite. Um, but, um, you know, yeah, and it's not necessarily just cannabis is the broad, uh, just a, a blanket statement, and THC is a blanket statement. Um, so, hopefully, um, I mean, it's definitely going to happen as the um, education improves and we can actually start to break it down into not just cannabis. It's a, a this kind of a formula, this one, this one. And for example, people say, um, no, it makes me a bit paranoid. Well, we're thinking it could be, the last I heard was it may be THCV causing this. So it could be as simple as, going, okay, let's find a variety that doesn't have THCV. Um, you know, things like that. So it'd be good to be able to really break it down when we learn more. But again, in saying that, everyone's different. And where I think I'm finding a pattern, let's say a Parkinson's formula, and then I've got another Parkinson's patient that doesn't do anything for them and it's, it's like, oh, my God, I thought I was on it. But, yeah, it, it's also how it interacts with each person and the individual system, I guess. But um, but like with most medicines, I think you have a 30% success rate and it's pretty good. So it's um, we might just have a version one, two, three of each formula for different body um, or for different people. But um, there was actually a company we almost worked with that do DNA matching. So they'll test your DNA and try and match a formula to that. Um, yeah, it, it may have legs it was depending what they're kind of what markers they're testing against but yeah it was it, could, it may kind of come down that way who knows but yeah it's um it's i love it i love it there's so many moving parts but then also when i try and really control it and standardization is hard we can't standardize it when there's hundreds of moving bits and yeah yes a full spectrum would be great i'm all for it but we might find we have to do a bit of a, a man-made full spec so it might just be 20 minor can or 20 cannabinoids and, and 20 terpenes that we've just put together as a specific amount not just two isolates together but a, a, a mid-spectrum who knows but um but I, I think it is hard if we're doing a, a pure 
full spectrum that we just grow outside and expecting every single ingredient to be exactly the same, it could be a bit tricky. But um, but I'm not a favor in favor of just a CBD isolate. Um, you know, it, it costs more to make, and and you need a lot more about it. Yeah, it's kind of um, it's no, it's, I mean, the, you can see the appeal from the medical community because it's just a single compound that they dose. But I, I yeah. agree with you. I think you know, unlocking the the full potential of the plant is um is where we we should be investing our research but um yeah just on the i mean the full spectrum discussion it's kind of like um to your point yeah whenever someone says oh can i you know well i'm interested in a full spectrum or a broad spectrum it really is kind of like somebody saying i'd like a red wine or i'd like a beer you yeah, know? yeah 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 so the nuance will come did i get cut off before did, did, did my um did my analogy come through i don't know where i got cut off with my lag sorry about that everybody but um i think did, we did i did i get through my my little alcohol bit yeah, 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 we, got yeah, it. yeah. we got it okay <laughs> all right all right i'm just an alcoholic so that's right um i think i think actually well, it's i guess excited you were having a few drinks and your whole connection just sort of started to fade a little bit but anyway um yeah my my zoom's drunk so <laughs> um um speaking of well i'm not speaking drunk but maybe Full spectrum. I've been seeing a lot of people. I know it's huge overseas. The the pet space. Um, now that's a tricky one in Australia. Um, it's it's not really somewhere I think that finished goods are allowed to play in. But there there are other avenues. Do you, can you tell us a little bit more about the pet space? Oh, the pet space you're in is in is in Hempseed, correct? Yeah, uh, yeah, majority, yeah. So um, Hemp Brothers have got the the Hemp Pet range. And so, yeah, the main um, product line is your hemp seed-based products, so hemp seed nectar for arthritis, things like that, um, the little blend for allergies. But then we do, um, we are involved in the full-spectrum supply as well through vets only, though, not an over-the-counter product, but through prescription. Yeah, um, yeah it's an interesting area, this one. It's, um, depending who you ask, is depending if they think it's what what kind of uh, if it's grey or if it's what area it's in. But um, we've had oh, I've had the state health knock on my door. Um, I didn't actually have a shirt on at the time. I was like, God damn it, hang on a minute, <laughs> let me give a shirt. But um, but so that was we talked through it with them. That was fine. But there was a few different bodies involved. So whether it was state health or then the veterinary side of things, um, some didn't some. Well, they actually said that hemp seed was illegal as well. And then another person said CBD doesn't come from hemp. And so it was a little bit of confusion around it all. Uh, that's why we just said, look, we'll do it through vets for now then just to, to keep it nice and controlled. But um, no, I'm amazed at how well, even the, the hemp seed range, I'm amazed how well that works. I actually tested it for CBD because I, I had to have some in there. It's working too well. Um, but yeah, nutrition, hey, it's omega-369. It actually does... Uh, it does help, but um, but I think there's something else going on this plant we haven't found yet. Even when you talk about juicing the hemp leaf for crones, things like that, and that's that's from a plant that's not even flowering yet, so no cannabinoids involved yet. You know, so is that chlorophyll? What, what's actually going on? I think there's something else in this plant that's um, that's really doing something because omega three six nine is not new. Vitamins, minerals, it's in everything. So yeah. how can this magic plant be working so well? But um, but yeah, so got the pet side there covered. Um, it's great. It's, I do. I love that side because we can actually market it. I can actually hold the bottle, and um, yeah, it, it's an interesting. Yeah, it's different to my dog, which just loves White Widow. <laughs> no, <laughs> just kidding. Sorry, Andrew. I, did, I, I was going to say. I. I mean, the the the. Um, I suppose 
there are a few, shall I say, integrative health or holistic vets that I think are starting to to get on board. But my understanding is that at least where we're up to at the moment is that the the relevant regulatory authority that does veterinary medicines hasn't really got an interest in sort of finished goods. So it sort of have to come through the the compounding route. But um, yeah, I have heard some reports in the field that there are some very happy dogs out there. Uh, sorry, that there are some dogs that are receiving uh, CBD treatments. But um, it's the same thing though with, um, you know, with your SAS approvals for human therapeutic use, where if the vet um, deems there to be a clinical justification to, to trial uh, a CBD oil or something, then, um, you know, that's really, it's a, it's a decision for them to, um, to do that. But I, I, I think we will with more people um, getting their pets prescribed these products, um, even as a, as a compound, we'll, we'll start to see it um, becoming a little bit more, well, a bit less taboo, I think I mean to say. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen that a lot more as well, where it's the compounding side seems to be the way um, a lot more of the vets are getting involved with it, um, which is good. I and mean, then it is funny, some people will treat their pet first with it and then they think, oh, wow, it really worked for my dog's arthritis, will it help mine? And we're like, well, yes, of course it will. And it actually almost gets them into it all. And the other bit is a lot of people, um, they think, oh, no, no, cannabis is horrible for dogs. They had a, a batch of brownies and then were pretty crook. Well, the, we're finding it was the chocolate cake that made them crook a lot of the time and or they had the whole batch, you know, which is going to make anyone sick. But um, there's actually some trial results come out recently where we actually found that um, I might have this a little wrong, but it was essentially it was that, yeah, dogs could actually have more THC in their system or they could have more THC before becoming to an intoxicating level in their blood that, compared to humans. So it was that was quite interesting learning that and what started me realising it might be the what they were eating the cannabis in the cake, the chocolate cake that's not actually good for them and and all that. But um, but the good bit with all this is they we ask mammals we can't die from it because there's no cannabinoid receptors in the part of the brain that control breathing. So yeah, I've seen videos of a dog wobbling a little bit from too much THC. Um, you know, it's not great to watch, but they're not going to die. You know, you can give them to the other med if you give them a pack of Panadol. A human has a pack of Panadol. They're they're not yeah. going to be feeling well. So yeah, that's just bad. going to walk off and start listening to Pink Floyd or something like that. <laughs> still, still CDs, Wait, it's uh, a, uh, a five-star review for a vet compound that he got it from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it goes off and has like, 17 pig's ears. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But no, it's good. It's um, no, it's good to be able to help them. And if, as I said, even just the hemp seed side of products is, is working amazing. Like even, you know, dogs that are thousands of dollars on the allergy side of things, the cytopoint injections, all that kind of stuff. A little $20 bottle of hemp seed oil and coconut oil mix is doing the trick. So it's, um, it's a feel good industry, whether it's the human side, the animal side, everyone's always happy to, they're always happy. We are, if it doesn't work, it just doesn't work. We're not harming anyone. That's the best thing about this. I don't think I could ever be involved in a company that's, company that's supplying benzos or opiates. And I mean, I, I, I think a lot and I care a lot and I would be having sleepless nights if I knew that anyone was being harmed by something I was selling them, you know, and we were putting people out, you know, I, it's, yeah, I just couldn't do it. So it's, it's the perfect industry for me. It's a feel good industry, I think. Oh, absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more. And I, I think, um, you know, the, whilst of course, uh, the first ARTG listing of a, an approved registered medical cannabis product is, um, is, is in the pipeline for quite a few companies in the sector. I, I think ultimately, 
that's one part of their <laughs> equation, you know, proving safety is, is not really going to be too difficult with something innocuous like a CBD isolate. But um, of course, efficacy is, is where the, the debate appears to be had and lots of different medical views on, on dosage and that sort of thing. But um, I agree with you. I think just the harm profile is, is so low that um, it is a feel good industry. Um, Mitch, mm. I, I saw you taking notes at the start of this call when Matt took us through um, the long list of things he's involved with. Where, where are we up to? Where's next? Well, we've still got, we've still got, if I'm looking correctly. So, I mean, the medical cannabis support group, um, got 5,000 users on there. There's, there's quite a bit of traction going through there. So, there's might be a bit more to talk on there, but I also want to hear a little bit more about the Medican health um, and the, and the hemp farm, actually the day-to-day, the agricultural side, because most of the guests we've had thus far, uh, well, we've, we've had Tommy from Canatrack talking a little bit about it, but, but I feel like you'll have a good West coast kind of uh, view on, on things, which I'd love to hear. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So the hemp farm, I get, I get really lucky with everything, to be honest. So that, everything I've done is on no budget. I don't have um, a lot of financial support or anything. I literally just work at the kitchen bench. I don't get paid. Um, the doctor at our clinic doesn't get paid. So we're, we're pretty much a charity. So that farm could only be made because it's lucky. My uncle's got a chicken farm and um, well, they had, yeah, they had room. And I said, Oh, well, can we license that? And he said, yep. Yeah. And so we had them. The fertilizer was free from the chickens um it was already fenced off so it was great didn't have to worry about security so i thought oh let's do it got the hemp license and my real um focus there is one just to get hands on the plants again um almost forgot what they look like after years of paperwork but really about a bit of strain development so obviously with the hemp side of things we can only work with um yeah, obviously hemp for non-medical reasons um i'll just i'll explain it so hemp is can in australia it's cannabis with less than one percent thc so we can still play with all those other now, when I say play with, I mean breed with, et cetera. We can't use them, but we can still be playing with all those other cannabinoids and terpenes that I mentioned before. So my theory there is to do a bit of strain development and get these, um, yeah, interesting cultivars bred up, and whether it's high CBC, CBG, or a specific terpene profile. Um, but, yeah, that was really just – it's a hobby. So I just – at the start of it, I just go down there with a shovel and plumb in all the retic and then throw the seeds out. I think last year we grew about 50,000 plants and it cost me 1500 bucks, including license and everything. The, the rest of the money was just for the PVC pipe. <laughs> so it's, um, but it was a dream come true, literally walking through a field of dreams and uh, just, you could, you'd be able to hear me laughing through the paddock walking through each week. But, um, but yeah, that I was think you. I think, I think I heard you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone within a hundred K radius, but, um, but no, that was good. It was really, um, Again, it was just to show the farmer, I'm trying to say, get rid of the chickens. That's not sustainable. Let's turn it into hemp. And, and even because he's got the big five, 1800 square meter chicken sheds as well. And chicken pretty much is a cannabis plant. They need the exact same thing. So I said, can we convert this into a grow? But um, that's down the track. If they change some rules, my real, I, I do believe they're going to change the rules so we don't have to throw the flour in the bin. I literally, two months ago, had to bury about 400 kilo of CBD flour. And oh. it was heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. It, like it was, it just felt so wrong. But, um, but it's the rule, rules are rules. But surely the government will change this where, whether it becomes like in the US where it's an over the counter nutraceutical different category. So no medical claims, things like that. Or whether we actually supply that biomass to a, a, a medicinal cannabis manufacturer. Um, yeah. One way or another, it's, we've got to be able to utilize that, that bit of the plant. We can't just throw it in the bin. Surely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
And burying it is very strange. I would have thought that you could at least burn it and have a few people around. Well, there was a fire band, yeah, I didn't plan on that, but um, it was a fire band, so we couldn't do it. But the um, another friend of mine at a farm did do that, and he accidentally stood downwind. And even though it was the same thing, it was definitely uh, something. But no, it's, um, yeah, we had to bury it, unfortunately. Um, I'll, I'll grow some plants on it next year and see actually uh, what the how that helped the, the substrate underneath. But no, it's um, but that was just a bit of fun, really. So, and again, so I've actually got a um, a partner of mine who's just finished his PhD on hemp agronomy. So, um, which is cool, so Dr. Hemp, I guess, technically. Um, and yeah, doing different cultivars and in different regions, so subtropics, things like that, and seeing how it affects the cannabinoid profile and all that. But um, so yeah, he's there if we ever need to do a bit of breeding and, and stabilizing genetics. It's a big thing as well. You know, you've got all this, you know, people go buy a seed online or where, even if it's a, a legal source as well, but they're not stable varieties. So right. those 50,000 seeds I grew last year, there was probably 49,000 different looking ones, you know, um, it's meant to be one variety, but their appearance, phenotype, all different. And I dare say the chemotype would have been even more different than the, the chemical makeup. So even that alone could be another project. And it's only just stabilizing genetics. And, and so it's like a Granny Smith apple, things like that. Every time you grow it, it's the exact same thing. But, um, but yeah, the hemp farm for now, a bit of fun, just minimal time, minimal output uh, and effort in there, but um, got the photos from last year's crops. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the, the money shot. You need that. The spelt, spelt hemp brothers in hemp, so you have to get the drone uh, up and then uh, the photo uh, of that. It was all worth it. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, the um the breeding uh genetics, stabilized genetics a very interesting one because it takes you know three to five years to really start getting that uh kind of consistent year on after year. Mm. Coming from a bit of a genetics background myself. Um it's it's um yeah, very interesting play. I um commend you like I, I love hearing people talk about that in australia because you don't hear it too, too often you just hear people thinking you know we're in the green rush we need to do cannabis yesterday and um yeah how the, how you want to do it or the strategy or behind that and thinking about terpenes minor cannabinoids but basically that's the next generation that, that we just haven't got to yet in this country and i think we'll get there eventually but we're not there yet yeah and that's the um that's the, where I, like, I'm not in here. I'm not a businessman. I'm not a, before this, I was a commercial diver. I was an underwater laborer, you know? So it's, um, yeah, I, I, it's, there's no strategy involved for me. So I'm here to make a proper cannabis product for patients. So my, it's a long plan. Yeah. Clinical trials might take 10 years, product registration, that whole side of it. I'm not really here to buy a product, sell a product, make some money onto the next thing. It's I'm here to actually stay. And it's, um, there's a lot of work that needs to be done in this industry way back in the, the agricultural side of it with the genetics or even the end use with specific products for specific uses and everywhere in between. So it's, um, no, it's good. I, I'm loving it. And the good bit is because it's such a new ish industry, most people are willing to work together. You know, if I was coming into, I don't know, wanting to make a soft drink and I rang Coca-Cola, so let's collaborate. Well, I wouldn't even be able to call them. I assume they just wouldn't even answer, but here, you know, we can actually, yeah, well, we've got, as I said, a partner in Israel that I, I believe are, you know, world leading in terpenes. We've got partners all around the world that are, it's, everyone's needing to work together. So it's, um, I used to be scared to call, you know, a CEO of a company like, Ooh, or, or someone from government who used to make me a bit nervous, but now I realize oh, we're all just people. And so we're all here to, majority of us are here to help. So it's, um, no, it's good, but there's a lot of areas to work on, which does make it, um, I can get a bit too excited and, and, and look everywhere, but we've got to really focus and narrow in, but so far yeah. so good. Uh, it sounds like yeah. you've got some great projects on the go. I, I couldn't agree more with you about that. Yeah, it was collaboration piece. Everyone, because it's weird. I sort of, some days I, I feel like it's um, 
it's a really small community. And then other days I'm like, well, actually it's massive. There's lots of people on forums and, and everything out there. So, I, and I, I think everyone is generally, um, you know, going in the right direction and like even, you know, conversations, um, that you'd have with, uh, you know, different regulatory bodies at state and federal level, everyone's just working within the rules, but the rules are being updated as we go along. Um, so it's, it's all going in the right direction, I think, but, um, yeah, I, I just love the sound of all these little projects that you're in. Yeah, cheers. And that is a good bit too as well, being, um, well, it's good and bad, being a new industry where the framework might not be perfect, but it's good because it's, it's, we can change it, you know. It, it's not set in its way for the last 50 years. So um, we can have a little bit of input about how it all actually uh, looks going forward. Um, and the thing as well, definitely through that group, I see a lot of people get, well, they just get very angry at the government and government this government that the government aren't well there's no gst on medicine so there's i mean in in my process the government aren't taking any money along the way Uh, and the fact i actually see it quite um it's quite unique and uh, lucky that the government have even allowed us to prescribe these products in the first place they haven't gone through clinical trials so i don't think there's any many other medicines that we can prescribe that aren't registered so they could have just said yeah legalize no worries see you in 10 years with the trials come back then but at least I've said, you know what, we do understand it's safe. You can do it. Yes, it's a little bit harder to get, a few extra hurdles to go over, but at least we can get it for now. And it's, uh, again, maybe people don't understand that this isn't the way it's going to be forever. This is just a, an interim fix whilst the trials are being done, et cetera. So, um, and things like that, Schedule 3 over-the-counter scenario at first. It doesn't look that great with the limitations, but surely they'll, um, again, they'll, they can hopefully amend those. But at least it's heading the right direction. It's not a Schedule 9, you know. It's, uh, they've made exactly. it three. It's Correct. not perfect, but uh, it's, I've got to step back as well. And even with the doctor side, I used to get a bit grumpy with some doctors thinking, you know, or getting annoyed that why are you prescribing it or are you prescribing the wrong stuff? But again, if I step back a bit and realise, hang on, I might have been passionate about this for the last 10, 15 years and been researching forever, but some of these doctors are just, to try and help people, just gotten involved in the last six months and they've been thrown in the deep end, you know. You meant to know everything, but the product names are literally just, some of them are just called 20 to 1. I mean, that doesn't, how do they know what the hell that's for? <laughs> it's, you know, so it's, sometimes I've got to step back and realise, no, hang on a minute. It's, um, we're all doing what we can. It's not perfect, but it, it's, it's a hell of a lot better than what it could be. Some of these other countries uh, that people say, we're so far behind, um, you know, like this country here, but when you really go there, you realise, no, there's no system there. People aren't accessing it. Like the UK, it's, I think it's not many patients there yet either. Um, things like that, or... Like the US is an interesting one. It's a different system altogether. It's you get your card and you just go and buy some cannabis, but in a medicinal setting, in terms of specific uses for products, I feel that we're not too far behind. You know, where uh, with Israel, I feel in the next few years, we're going to be actually really getting up that ladder of um, turning it just from the standard product to a, a, a bit more science involved. But um, we get everyone just bags on Australia or the government or big pharma. And like, I hope some people listen before and I said, I don't get paid because a lot of people say I'm only in this for the money. I haven't been paid for three years. So it's, um, yeah, <laughs> it's not about money. <laughs> but yeah. I would like to think though, is there a little bit of, you know, a bit of money to be made in the, the pet space or a little so-so? Um, well, there was, yeah, there was, but that's, and then Medicam just took over Hemp Brothers. So now I can't pocket any of those little, sales anymore so because i'm not on a wage so yeah no um 
I'm just lucky my partner has been paying for rent and food, so I owe her a lot. <laughs> but uh, no, I think it's highly I could turn saying. I mean, the companies are making money, but I just, as I said, I was a diver before. I feel weird paying myself and asking myself how much I want to be. It's just it's new to me. But um, yeah, we'll doing the hard yards. Having a, uh, a deep dive into the industry, really. So I was yeah, trying yeah, to figure yeah. out a way to work <laughs> on that pun before, but, uh, but anyway, um, no, well, I, I've got no further questions now, but I know as soon as we wrap this episode up, I'm going to have like another 20. So we'll have to get Matt on for another episode, but um, Mitch, did you have any more or are we wrapping yeah. up? I'm really happy with, with this episode. I think it's really um, some great topics that we are a little bit different. You know, we've done a lot of more introductory kind of uh, topics. We've done a lot more kind of your basics 101 of cannabis and seeing a doctor and a pharmacist and stuff. But this one dives into a few more of the more complex parts of cannabis um, and stuff that maybe is harder to find information on. So I'm, I'm really pleased with that. Thanks so much for uh, helping us explore that today, Matt. Yeah, no, no worries at all. I feel like we only touched the surface as well. I um, definitely have to have round two because uh, I know as well I just ramble nonsense and jump around every topic. But um, but no, yeah, definitely got a lot more to discuss. No, the fact Absolutely. that we, um, the, the, this conversation produced uh, phrases like stabilized genetics, pinene. Uh, there's just a lot of. I, I feel like we could uh, we could go a lot further. So and, and we will. So another episode with uh, with Matt will be coming up for everyone listening. Um, Matt, it's been a pleasure and, um, until next time, take care. Cheers, fellas. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks. Mate. Cheers.